In today's show, I'm looking back at all of Thursday's action across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is also brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app, Locker Room app. Join me this week, Friday, tomorrow, Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, that's 8 a.m. Saturday morning Australian time, to get in on the action. Locker room, changing the way that we talk sports. So let's look at the action from Thursday, and let's talk some of those sports right now. First game up from Thursday, the Utah Jazz. They go down to the Wizards, 122-131. The Jazz were actually down more than this early on. They did fight back somewhat. But it, was, uh, it wasn't uh, all that pretty. There was no Mike Conley. So, predictably, Joe Ingles stepped into the starting lineup. But I wouldn't, wouldn't predict him to have a career high in scoring. But that's exactly what he did. 34 points, 8 triples, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 49 fantasy points. It's a great game. 71% shooting. It's fantastic. He is now a top 100 player over the course of the season. That is fueled by the games. I think he jumped 20 spots today. It really is pushed up by the games that Conley misses. It is a good sell high moment if you can pull it off after one game. He's fine as a back-end guy who takes a really big leap up when Conley is out, but otherwise he does fall off quite a bit. Don Mitchell was also putting up massive numbers, 42-4-6, four triples, 30 shot attempts, 53% shooting, and a great uh, 6 of 7 from the line, while Royce O'Neal just doing the unsexy stuff, 11-7-3, 3 3-3, 60% shooting, He's 114th this year, which is totally fine. Um, it's yeah, He's rock solid. He's got zero upside, but he also doesn't have much downside. So there is some value in having him on a roster. Boyan Bogdanovich, I reckon he can go six points with five rebounds. He had three steals. That saved his line. He just couldn't hit anything. Two of 12 from the field. He has been poor nearly all season. Not worth it, in my opinion. While Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> 10 points, 13 boards, two steals, two blocks, but his overall value was really dipped by the fact that he was 2 of 10 from the free throw, and that is unforgivably bad. 38 fantasy points is good, but those free throws are pretty disgusting. And speaking of disgusting, Jordan Clarkson shot 18% from the field. Seven points in his 25 minutes with six assists. Just an off-shooting night, but he has his recent production has been off. He's outside the top 175 over the last two weeks. So maybe maybe a little bit of a buy-low moment there for Jordy Clarkson. For the Wizards, Russ Westbrook started out this game unbelievably on fire, ended out pretty on fire as well. 38 minutes, 35-13, uh, sorry, 35-15 and 13 with two steals. And amazingly, he was 9 of 11 from the free throw line. That is the bit where he really hurts you. And he's also 52% from the field. 
and shot 40% from three, two of five. One of his best games of the year, 77 fantasy points. In points leagues, he's killing it. He's a top 10 guy. No worries. In category leagues, he's 65th on the year, but the improvement over the last month has been amazing. I was probably too harsh on him, but some of the stuff was he was just taking ill-advised shots. And yeah, in retrospect, I look back and go, Okay, so he probably was taking these horrendous shots because he wasn't feeling comfortable with his knee and quad, so he wasn't driving. But that's also, that, that's an excuse, but it's also on him. Don't take the bad shots. Pass them. So I can understand, okay, you didn't drive to the rim, you didn't attack because you were injured. It didn't mean you have to take horrendous, um, you know, pull-up threes and long mid-range twos. So there's culpability there on both sides. On the injury, not allowing you to drive, but also the shit-ass decision-making and not pulling up on those shots. But now it doesn't matter because everything's going in. He's getting to the rim. He's playing at an unbelievably high level. 22nd-ranked player in category leagues with with some of the bad free-throw shooting. 22nd-ranked player in category leagues over the last two weeks. Dominating. Brad Beal started off a little bit slow, but ended up with 43-2-5 on 67% shooting. That's 50 fantasy points from Bealo. Another big game there. While Rui Hachimura, I thought I was going to have to like, I was going to have to eat crow again for for Rui. Well, he ended up playing huge minutes once more, 39 minutes. He had eight points in about the first seven minutes, and then he had four points for the rest of the game. And in true Rui Hachimura style, zero threes, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. He did have seven boards, and the minutes are enticing. So if you want to have him, by all means. But this is what I mean when I say, look, he doesn't have the greatest fantasy profile. He just lacks in so many areas. And what I've constantly said is he needs a lot of volume to produce that value. And now he is getting that volume. The minutes are unbelievably high. They they are too high because he's not that good to deserve that many minutes. But they are too high. But he is getting them. So you have to take advantage of that. And especially with Davis Bertans going out after four minutes with a re-aggravation of his calf issue. Scott Brooks doesn't seem all that uh, confident in him getting up really quickly from it. So there's going to be a lot of minutes coming for Rui Hachimura. By the way, Davis Bertans. Get that garbage out of here! So many of these guys, like your Bertanzes, your Bogdanoviches, your Duncan Robinsons, who were staple top 100 type players last year, uh, are just not 12-team league guys. And it's one of those things. There's more three-point shooting and better three-point shooting, and it becomes more commonplace in the NBA. The guys who rely upon that, if they just have a slight downtick in what they do, their value evaporates. And we've seen that with multiple guys. It's always why you have to look at those guys as later-round players and risky-type options who can be moved in and out of lineups. So I think we're seeing a good example of that. Denny Avdia, only 20 minutes. The minutes have gone back down for him. Troy Brown, out of the rotation for whatever reason, while Alex Len continues to start 9-6 and six in 18 minutes, and Lopez played 28 minutes here, 11-5. and five. For the Washington Wizards, very hard to trust anything to do with that center rotation at all. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. And they are only your online sportsbook be- experts when you use the promo code locked on, which I should have chucked in the ad read a little bit earlier. BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That is the way to screw up an ad read. All right, on to the next game. Let's go on now. We've got the Atlanta Hawks comfortably beating the Oklahoma City Thunder. Quite a bit to talk about here. The Hawks win at 116.93. The Thunder, uh, the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, he was ready to play, but they brought him off the bench managing his injury. He was okay, 10-2-5. Look, if you want to have him in 12-team leagues, by all means. I think he's more of a 14-team league guy. 
or 16-team league guy. Look, 10-2-5 and five is all right, but I wouldn't say he's a 12-team hold. But the guy I've been wanting to watch here is Ty Jerome. And he was good again. 18 points, six triples. Now, a lot of that just comes on extremely hot shooting, which isn't going to stick. But he's been starting to impress. 165th ranked player over the last two weeks and just a, a deeper league guy. The only guy really out of the rotation here is Darius Baisley. So we've got a bit of an understanding of how they're going to look. Now, people are going to be annoyed. But let's go through a few things with some fantasy basics and some specific stuff. The C parter, Moses Brown, one of the most added players over the last period of time. And that is 100% the correct decision. But we we stressed a million times. Well, I wasn't a million, but it was a few times. Add Moses Brown and let's see what happens. Let's figure out what happens later. But you don't leave that out there on the wire. You know Al Horford's coming back. You know, at some point, Baisley's coming back. Actually, we've got an update on Baisley. He's probably weeks away at this stage, so that's not great for him, but you know, value for otherwise. By the way, Baisley, get him out of 12-team rosters. Forget that shit. Um, so adding Brown is the correct decision. The, the thing we need to get out of our heads in fantasy leagues or fantasy thinking is the decision is not correct just if it pans out or not. Like making the right decision to add Moses Brown and then he puts up five and four with a steal and a block like that doesn't matter. Well, what a terrible decision. I've got to drop him. The decision to add Moses Brown was the correct one. The decision to hold Moses Brown, I believe, is the correct one. Let's have a look. He played 23 minutes still. He had five and four. He still had a steal. He still had a block, but he was weirdly 29% from the field. This is a bloke who conceivably, he could have shot five of seven. He could have shot six of seven. So let's say he goes five of seven. Three more shots, six points, 11 and four, a steal and a block in 23 minutes. I'll take it. Like, it's absolutely fine with 60 plus percent field goals. That's that, that's 12 team valuable as a backup. And then the next game, Al Horford's out. He comes in, he plays 30 minutes and he has 15 and 10 with three blocks. And then the way it averages out, look, maybe he only averages out to be the 110th best player. But then if Horford is gone and they say he's out for two weeks, then you get a top 50 guy for two weeks. So it's just a hold. We don't know what's happening at the trade deadline. I'd say there's almost a 0% chance that Al Horford is traded. I would be stunned if it happens. But I don't know. We'll wait to the trade deadline. We see what happens. But they got blown out. They're going to get blown out a lot. Horford is never going to push past 30 minutes. Never. And again, he played 25 minutes here. And Brown played 23. And if it wasn't for some poor finishing... Now, Brown is far from a finished product. He's never going to be consistent. He's not going to be awesome all the time. But the decision to add him is the correct one. And I think the decision to hold him is correct. That's what I'm doing. What you do is completely up to you, but that's my reasoning behind it. Alexei Pokyashevsky, another horrendous shooting night, 18%. But he is going to get value here with Darius Baisley out. He had four, six, and two. He's fine on a 12 team league. Would I prefer Brown or Pokyashevsky? Even though Pokyashevsky is probably going to play more minutes and have a more solid role, I probably would prefer Brown. But I can understand both guys. Not a good night from Poku. Uh, Lou Dort returned eight points in his 24 minutes while uh, Shea had 19, three and four. And Isaiah Roby actually pretty solid too, eight and eight. He's a solid 14 team league guy. Um, and the Oklahoma City mudflap, 10 and six in 24 minutes. Uh, Svima Kaluk made his Thunder debut. He did nothing. Don't even worry with him in 12s. Maybe you're looking 16 team leagues, but there's a real chance that when Baisley eventually returns, Svi maybe isn't even part of the rotation. He was the 10th man to play in this game. Yeah, behind Kenrich Williams. 
Onto the Hawks, pretty comfortable win. Johnny Collins, 30 minutes, 19-3-2 with three blocks and a steal. So getting three blocks with Capella back is huge, as well as 17%, sorry, 73% shooting is awesome. We're holding through the trade deadline, and we want to see what happens. Trey Young, 23-6-9. But how about Bogdan Bogdanovich? Um, well, how about him, Josh? Why don't you tell us? Uh, 23 points, five triples, six rebounds, 29 minutes, three assists, 64%. I like it. It's great. But we are going to get, it looks like, DeAndre Hunter and Chris Dunn returning in the next eight games. This is good from Bogdanovich. It's good. I love Bogdanovich. I think he's a really good player. Um, I wouldn't rush to go and add him in 12 10 leagues. He did some damage in garbage time as well because they kept him out there just to get his legs under him with Kevin Herter playing only 25 minutes. And, and I do think Bogdanovich, long-term, is a better player than Herter. I've got no problem with that. But I just I just don't know if he is ready to be that must-roster player. But like when I talked about Moses Brown, if you want to add him, you do it now. And let's just figure out what goes on. And then we'll see what happens when Dunn returns and then when Hunter returns and then eventually when Reddish returns and how it all works. So it is going to get crowded. And that's why I'm a little bit skeptical long-term. But if you want some short-term value, fine. Also, the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! Moved to the bench, 8 and 9 in 25 minutes. That's the early season Gallinari that we saw so many times. You added him, that's fine. We hold him. Let's just see what happens over the next week or so. If we start getting a string of these shit games again, then we say, all right, it was worth an add and then we can move on. Well, Clint Capella had 8 and 8 with two blocks in his return. In 26 minutes, a pretty comfortable victory, this one for the Atlanta Hawks. Next game, the Orlando Magic, the New York Knickerbockers, Evan Fournier returned, Aaron Gordon returned, 34 minutes, first game back for Fournier, 23-1-4, two steals, one block, four triples, he has done this about five times this year, gets injured, first came back, and just doesn't even look like he's been missing, and puts up big numbers. He's the 83rd ranked player in per game value this year, in only 29 minutes per game, at 38 fantasy points. He's a clear must roster guy. The problem is, is his back or his dick or his toenail or his head, whatever, something's falling off and he can't play. It just happens multiple times. But you add him and then if anyone wants to take him off your hands in a trade, you deal with it. Big fella, Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. Another ex- excellent game. I almost said escalant. 17, 16, and 4. One steal, two blocks. It's been a long week. A bit inefficient from Vooch, but uh, yeah, still excellent. While Aaron Gordon, 31 minutes, 17, 5, and 7. That's great. I don't know how he's going to go in terms of a back-to-back for tomorrow, but they played him basically as a point guard. They've been playing him as a point guard since Fultz, and then Anthony went down, and of course, then Carter Williams was out here. But remember, there was no uh, Carter Williams. There was no Terrence Ross in this game, and then eventually Anthony is going to return. We don't know when. It might be a while. In fact, it probably is going to be a while off for Cole Anthony. But uh, Gordon, who has struggled in his entire career to be a good fantasy category league player, there's a real opportunity with the ball perhaps being in his hands a little bit more for him to start um, for him to start putting up some strong numbers. So, of course, if he is on your wire, you add him, and let's just see where it goes from here. Chasen Randall started. He was um, completely uninspiring. While a bloke that I talked about the other day, who is one of those permanent monsters, Mo Bamba, 12 minutes, five and three with two blocks. This is why I, I put him out there. Now, I don't think that he is ever going to be a 30-minute-a-night NBA starter, but, again, the permanent production was really, really good. Really good. Really impressive. Um, the thing is, the Magic have the opposite of that guy on the team, Dwayne Bacon, who had seven points in 26 minutes. One of the worst permanent producers in the NBA. For the Knicks, the double royal, Julius Randle. 
18, 10, and 17 assists. That is huge. Now, the percentages were terrible, 43 true shooting, but those other numbers are great. While Reggie Bullock moved to the bench, he hit six triples. He had 20 points with three steals. Now, Bullock is basically rostered nowhere. He is a 14-team league option at the moment with Derek Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Alfred Payton all out. He's going to be a three-point streaming option, but he's been really good. 114th-ranked player over the last two weeks. Alec Burks moved into the starting lineup 21 and 10 in 33 minutes. This is back to the early season, Alec Burks. I think that it's obviously a situation where it's based on scenario, where Rose quickly Payton are all out, but uh, am I? Am I ready? No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. At least for the short term, I'd be okay with adding Alec Burks. Rowan Barrett, I talked him up. I talked him up. I said on the sale, I went, maybe he has just improved his shooting. Maybe he's good. Maybe not. 67% from the line again, 47 from the field, 17 and 9, and just back to those old ways of playing a ton of minutes and being really empty right across the box score. But I did highlight it. I did mention on that show that all of his value was coming from shooting numbers, which you do not associate with uh, RJ Barrett. And uh, yeah, he basically straight after that show, he just went back to being old RJ Barrett. Let's hope it turns around. No one's Noel. Uh, yeah. Okay, so... 31 minutes for Taj Gibson. Like, he's as old as me. I know, and, and Tom can come out there and say, no, I love rookies, love playing young guys, and I'm not infatuated with 2011. I'm not stuck in a, in a time warp and listening to Britney Spears' Toxic on repeat. I'm not. I'm not doing that, but he's lying because he has an, an unhealthy infatuation. Taj Gibson, great player, good player, very good player, underrated player for a very long time. 31 minutes for Taj Gibson? What are the odds that when Mitchell Robinson comes back, that Nerlens Noel is out of the rotation? They've they got to be real high, that Robinson will come in and start and Noel will be gone. Now, Nerlens still had a steal on a block. Mitch might be coming back on the weekend. We don't know. He's returning pretty soon. Do you, If you need to make the move, do you move on from Nerlens Noel? I think the answer is probably yes, but that's, that's context-dependent. And if you look down the bottom of their box score, the two lowest minutes, guys, Kevin Knox played six minutes and went scoreless, and Obi Toppin played eight minutes and went scoreless. Now, I'll just say something quickly about this. You probably know what I'm going to say. But it hasn't been a good... It hasn't been... Um, it's been rough for Obi Toppin. He um, you know, didn't play in March Madness, pandemic, no summer league, but he, he's not very good. He might become good, but the Knicks... Like, Knox, Toppen, Nilakina, three top 10 picks that aren't very good. And Nilakina is the best of that trio by a significant margin, and he's still not very good. I, I actually liked the Nilakina pick at the time. I hated the Knox and Toppen picks, as you'll be well aware of. Um, so, you know, I was wrong on Nilakina, but I was right on those other two. And I, I just don't know these eight minutes that Toppen's getting when Robinson Rose quickly Peyton return. Is he even going to play? I, I, I'm not sure that he will. The problem is, is that would mean you'd have to push RJ Barrett up to the four to play those couple of minutes behind Julius Randle, but maybe you do. He's been terrible. And, and I, to be honest, I'm not even sure he's a dynasty by low. The dude's like 23, 24 already. Okay, I'm not sure he's a dynasty by low. He'll be, he'll be better than putting up eight trillions. I feel good about that. But... Yeah, you're not trading him for the 350th best player in a dynasty. Like you're not, you're not being able to acquire him at that cheaper price. So I'm not actually sure that he is a real buy low in that type of scenario. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. I've got my Built Bars right here, right in front of me. 
Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's bracket, we've got salted caramel versus cookie dough chunk. Now, unfortunately, I haven't tried the cookie dough chunk. It sounds absolutely bloody delicious. So even though I haven't tasted it, I'm going to vote for that over salted caramel because from talking to people who have had it, they say that it is absolutely, as the kids would say, goated. So go to builtbar.com slash pages slash brackets and you can cast your vote or on Twitter at bar underscore built. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com or builtbar.com and check to see who won today's matchup or who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, let's go on to the next game. Upset. What an upset. The Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Phoenix Suns 123-119 on the back of two absolutely massive performances. Carl Anthony Towns has 41-10-8 with five threes on 63% shooting with 86 from the line. Now, this is something I've talked about. I love the addition of Chris Finch for Towns. I wanted to see them open up those assists. These are Jokic numbers. This is why I thought we could have Towns as a top five guy the rest of the season. This is also the, the caution that I have put out there in terms of being panicked about a Carl Anthony Towns trade. Like, he's really good. So if you are you know, shutting him down or worried trading because of a shutdown, get a good player back because that sort of stuff's not guaranteed. Far from it. And this is how good he is. He, he's really good. Anthony Edwards, um, he was dreadful to begin this season, and he is playing at a super high level. 42 points in 38 minutes, seven rebounds, four threes, two steals, 40% usage. Now, the 62% from the line is rough, but at least he got there 13 times. Now, I don't know how all this works when Towns and Edwards have to share the ball with Russell and Beasley. They are two high-usage players who are going to come back. So there's going to be some drop-off. So there is a little bit of a sell high to maybe not Towns because um, yeah, I still think he can be top five, top six, um, but maybe to Edwards. But... Unbelievable play. He's playing at a super high level, which is really impressive. Ricky Rubio, six points, five assists, and three steals in 29 minutes. But the rest of the rotation, it's just a mess. Jalen Noel, 21 minutes, eight minutes for Vanderbilt, 27 minutes for Jaden McDaniels, 22 minutes for Jake Lehman, 15 minutes for Naz Reed, 22 minutes for Wancho Hernan Gomez, who scored 14 points. There's no value in any of Hernan Gomez, Lehman, Noel, McDaniels, Vanderbilt. You just can't have them as 12-team league options at this point. Well, Lehman was never going to be that, nor was Wancho, even though he did score well here. It's just muddled everything up, and I wouldn't be bothering with any of those blokes in 12-team formats. Remember, Malik Beasley, four games until he returns. D'Angelo Russell, probably going to be on the same timeline to, until he returns as well. He has been able to, uh, or he will be able to join practice soon. We don't know when that means he's going to return, but he has started on court work. So probably a couple of weeks still for D'Angelo Russell. Four games more for Malik Beasley, but a fantastic win for the Minnesota Timberwolves. For the Suns, that's a horrible loss. Um, Devin Booker put up good numbers, 35 in 35, with six assists on three threes. Great numbers, but you need more. How much of this do we blame on DeAndre Ayton? I don't know if it's fair to blame a huge amount. He was a plus seven, to be fair to him. But the fact that this is the number one draft pick from three years ago and he's playing 26 minutes, he can't close games and doesn't play fourth quarters is a real worry. 14 and seven in 26 minutes for eight and 75% from the field with a block. Look, they're fine numbers. Um, but this guy's the 72nd ranked player this year in fantasy. 
And having that guy who you claim is this number one player, look, at, at this point, he's their fourth best player at best. Um, that's that's absolutely a concern. You, This is not a buy low fantasy moment either. Like, this is just how they're using him. Chris Ball, 17, 7, and 5, four steals, and McCall Bridges. People still ask me to this day, hey, Josh, yeah, I'm considering dropping. Who do I drop? Do I drop uh, Kobe White or McCall Bridges? Like, what are we doing? Like, he's he's really good. 17, 5, and 8, four threes, a steal, and a block. It will take a lot for me to tell you that McCall Bridges is a, is a drop. He isn't at all. This is a great game from him. Crowder, well, you know what that's about. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He did have a triple one, but he had just seven points. He's a 14-team league sort of guy. Campaign chipped in five assists. He's one of those nice assist streamers like a Jalen Brunson or a Faku Kompazzo that you can add in. When Dario Saric had eight and eight in his 24 minutes. And Frank Kaminsky, remember when that dude used to start? Yeah, zero points in seven minutes. It never made sense at the time. It doesn't make sense in hindsight. I don't know why he's remaining in the rotation. I'm assuming that Tory Craig might come in and take some of those Kaminsky minutes. But... Hey, you never know. We'll see how that all goes down next game. The New Orleans Pelicans, they go down to the Blazers, 101-93. Zion, 26-10, 73 from the line, two blocks and a steal, really good stuff. He had been trending downwards a little bit, 106th ranked player over the last two weeks, but this is good. And Lonzo continues to play well, 15-4-8 with a steal and a block. Now, LeVar Ball's stupid head is back in the media. Just stop asking this dude questions. Yeah, Lonzo hates it. He wants to be out of New Orleans. He wants to go to the Knicks. Like, I don't trust anything, really, that LeVar says. I, I, I don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth. Is Lonzo going to get traded? I'd be highly doubtful. Is he going to sign somewhere else? Sure, but the Pelicans can match it. I'm just not going to believe anything that LeVar Ball says, really. A lot of minutes for Steven Adams, 35 of them. Not a lot of production. 6-10, and 10, that's not enough for me to be excited about adding him in 12-team leagues. While Brandon Ingram had 19-4-4, four four, pretty inefficient, 33%, but otherwise some good counting stats. While Eric Bledsoe, are you still holding? Uh, are you still holding? Get that garbage out of here! You shouldn't be. 7-3-3 three three in 29 minutes, and he has been atrociously bad this year. Alexander Walker chipped in six points with two threes and two steals in his 19 minutes. Nikhil is a stash sort of guy, like a 16-team, 14-team guy. If you want to stash him in 12, sure, but there are probably other better guys out there that I would look to to have. Same with Kyrie Lewis, who had two points in 10 minutes. I believe he can be a good player. I'm just not sure we're going to see enough of it this year. For the Blazers, Lillard had, what, 20 points or something in the first quarter, ended with 36, and in the end, it was a little bit disappointing from Lillard. 36 points, six triple, six rebounds, but... Zero steals, zero assists, zero blocks, zero assists. That's pretty poor. But 55 from the field, 100% from line, not much to complain about in general. 16 and 13 for Cantor. I'm selling high if I can uh, from him. And then Bob Covington, 10 and 10 with two blocks and two threes. He, he's, he's a little bit of a sell high as well because, again, when Nurkic comes back, his center minutes will reduce. We also got a return from Derek Jones. And not that he'd been out. He'd just been terrible. 32 minutes, eight points. But what really brings it for Derek Jones is two steals and four blocks. Weirdly, he was 27% from the field. And normally, he's like 60% there. So that was weird. Well, another rusty night from CJ McCollum. 11 points in 21 minutes on 19% shooting. I've stressed that I didn't think he was going to be anywhere near as good as he was to begin this season. We have seen that now. And But these last two games, is it swinging in the wrong direction? Can you buy him low? Perhaps I wouldn't value him as a top 40 guy rest of the way. Um, so that depends. And Gary Trent, man, three points on 9% shooting. I don't think he's a 12-team league hold. I think he's a 12-team he's a streamer. But 
this is the 159th ranked player uh, through those 31 minutes a night he was getting without CJ, and now CJ's back. So he's not going to have those same opportunities, and I, I wouldn't feel uh, bad if you don't... He's not... Yeah, look, that's he's not a 12-team league must-roster player. That's what I'm trying to get out there in my muddled English. Just, uh, yeah, he can, uh, he can go in 12-team formats. All right. On to the last game of the night, the Charlotte Hornets and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers win at 116-105 in the end. I think I had the Hornets plus 10, so that's pretty shitty. Actually, I'm going to check that because uh, they were keeping it close for a while, and I know that I had the, I know that I had the Hornets plus. I just don't know what they had them. Uh, in. What did I have? Plus, no, it was only plus eight. Damn it. Uh, I thought it was higher than that. Anyway, so... The, uh, they didn't cover. They got close, but they didn't cover. But the interesting development out of this from a Hornets perspective is they basically went without a center in the second half. Uh, Miles Bridges started for Cody Zeller. Zeller played 11 minutes total, didn't play at all in the uh, in the second half. So, Cody Zeller. Get that garbage out of here! He's been like a fringe 12, 14-team league guy for a while, but four points in 11 minutes, he can go. And I don't know what the future holds there. Biombo played only 14 minutes. They, they desperately need a, a center. They're, yeah, John Collins, Rashawn Holmes, Andre Drummond, those guys. There's opportunities there in Charlotte. Um, Biombo played 14 minutes. He had four blocks in that time, but he's only a deeper league guy. But they just went with a bunch of wings. And PJ Washington, who we know thrives as a center, 18 for fantasy, 18 and 8, three threes, four blocks. That's great. He's a must roster player. Again, a guy that I've been asked the question, oh, do I add PJ Washington? He's a must-roster player. There's going to be inconsistency, but he's a must-roster player. And it was great to see a bounce back from the mellow ball, 26, 5, and 7, and 33 minutes. Haywood didn't do much in terms of shooting, 7 points, 38%. 10 assists, 9 rebounds is okay. Well, it's actually really good. Well, Terry Rogier had 20 points in 38 minutes. Devontae Graham, only 22 minutes. I just, look, he hasn't been a top 150 player this year. Um, the minutes are low. Maybe they play a lot more three-guard lineups so they're going to go to these small situations with Washington at center. But I just don't think that the upside in him uh, in this role is worth holding on. Miles Bridges, six points, nine rebounds, 25 minutes. There's some upside there for minutes for Bridges. But again, his production's waning. You can hold if you think this new lineup sticks with Bridges starting, but I'm not convinced. Malik Monk, scoreless in 14 minutes. He had a nice little 12-team run, which is pretty clearly over. Just watch him, though, at the trade deadline. There is a potential of him getting moved. For the Lakers, LeBron James was great. Again, really sealed this game in the end, 37-8-6, while the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, didn't shoot well, 33%, but 12-5, four triples, Top 100 guy over the last couple of weeks. That's 12-team valuable, at least while Anthony Davis is out. While the Lakers also went pretty small. Only 22 minutes for Montrez Harrell and 12 minutes for Damian Jones. 7-11 and 11 for Harrell, who was a, a sell-high guy because he was a top 20 player over the last, uh, well, since the All-Star break uh, with the absence of um, of Marc Gasol. Oh, hi, Mark. And when Gasol comes back, it was going to hurt him. But you obviously can't sell high after this sort of a performance. And then Alex Caruso returned. So Taylor Horton Tucker's production went down. And he was a sneaky 12-team stream for today. When we thought that Caruso was out, then Caruso came back. And then you can put THT back into the 16-team league basket. Um, Schroeder, 22-4-7. Pretty nice game from him. He is a bit of a sell high as well because he's benefiting from the absence of Anthony Davis. Now, Davis is still a while away. But Schroeder's usage will drop later on in the season when he returns. While Markeith Morris had 7-6 and six in 20 minutes, we're not really caring about him. For anything outside of the deepest of deepest leagues, as for Alex Caruso, 5-5 five and five with two steals in his 24 minutes. Let's move across now, look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. As I talked about earlier, Moses Brown up 16%, the right decision, and he's the guy to hold. Thomas Sadoransky up 14%. 
I believe he's a 12-team league guy. Jalen Noel up 11%. I'm guessing that's for the, the back-to-back, but he disappointed today. He's only that streamer for points. Horton Tucker, again, uh, up 9%, but probably let you down a little bit. You can move on there. And Jay Crowder up 7%. I'm guessing, again, that's the back-to-back of the Suns on the Thursday, Friday. But again, you don't really need to hold him as a must-roster guy. In terms of drops, Jalen Brunson down 12%. I'd give him a little bit more latitude than that, but I understand moving on. Justin Patton, that's an easy drop. Kendrick Nunn down 8%. That's an easy drop. You know, you know what my, what I think of Kendrick Nunn. You know how I value him and or not value him. But then, yeah, early on, like he was playing thirty minutes a night. And he was a top eighty guy, and I'm like, am I am I wrong, or is it the children that's out of touch? Like I'm not sure with that. But everyone's back, and Nunn has dropped off completely. So I feel. I feel like I wasn't completely off in my evaluation of the Heat and Kendrick Nunn. He was just getting 30 minutes a night because it was someone or two people consistently out. And now that everyone's back, he is the one that out is out. TJ McConnell down 8%. I think he's fine to drop as well. Well, Dennis Smith Jr. down 7%. I didn't realize that many people were holding on to Dennis Smith in 12-team formats. And while I think that he can produce some okay numbers, with Delon back, there was just no way that he was going to maintain 12-team value. So I wasn't really sure why he was rostered in that many leagues. The monstrous line of the night goes to Russell Westbrook, who had 35, 15, and 13. And the rookie of the night goes to Anthony Edwards, 42 and 7 with four triples there. I don't think too many people are surprised, although Carl Anthony Towns was just knocking on the door there to be the monstrous line of the night. Let's talk the top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Reggie Bullock at number one. Putting up some numbers at the moment, probably more 14 to 16 team leagues. Ty Jerome, a name to watch, a 16 team ad. Derek Jones Jr., a nice defensive stream, but nothing more there. Alec Burks, good game, but a bunch of guards out. Probably again more 14 to 16 teamers. Rajon Rondo, literally forgot this dude even played. Like, I, I, how is he? I can't believe he's in the league. I can't believe the Hawks signed him for two years guaranteed. But he had eight points, four assists, and three steals today. Um, I didn't even mention him. That's how yeah, badly I just don't care. Biombo. Um, yeah, the nice blocks. Aminu, no interest outside of deep leagues. Nilakina, a product of circumstance. Naz Reed did well, but limited minutes, unfortunately. And then we're looking at Markeith Morris, but we, we, yeah, on a six-game slate, these last six blokes on this list have almost zero fantasy impact at all. Let's move across, talk some DFS for a 10-game slate on Friday. All right, let's take a look. Friday's action across the league, 10 games. Spurs, Cavs, first one up. DeMar DeRozan, out again. Kevin Love, out again. Uh, So Lonnie Walker will probably start in place of DeRozan. Larry Nance will definitely start in place of Kevin Love in in Queensland. Jeez, I wish I was in Queensland at the moment. Uh, In Cleveland. So we'll get... um, yeah, some interesting production out of some some guys there getting a bit of a boost. No spread or total out at this point. The Kings and the Celtics, Marvin Bagley out for at least four weeks with his broken hand. So Tyrese Halliburton will get another start. While Kemba Walker returns for Boston, Tristan Thompson remains out. Another big opportunity for the Rock DJ, Rob Williams. Indiana and Miami. Jeremy Lamb remains questionable. Andre Iguodala and Avery Bradley are both questionable. Trevor Ariza will not play. Uh, after we're waiting for him to get cleared after the trade. The Pacers are four and a half point underdogs here. The total is a very, very low, 215.5. The Warriors and the Grizzlies, Steph Curry is doubtful. Kelly Oubre is doubtful. So big boost for Nico Mannion, Kent Bazemore, Jordan Poole especially, um, even Brad Wanamaker going to provide some value there. While for Memphis, of course, Jaron Jackson Jr., the Spectre, he remains out. The Nets and the Magic, no Kevin Durant, no Blake Griffin. For Brooklyn once more, while Kyrie Irving, after missing last game, he'll return. This is a back-to-back for Orlando. They welcomed back Ivan Fournier and Aaron Gordon. 
on Thursday. Back-to-back, I assume Gordon sits out, but I don't know that for sure. While Michael Carter-Williams missed with a non-COVID-related illness, so he could be an option to return. Detroit and Houston, no Wayne Ellington, no Rodney Magruder. Um, For Detroit, of course, um, just having a look, no Killian Hayes. So some uh, openings there in the backcourt, Joshy Jackson, Frank Jackson, um, DeLon Wright, maybe Dennis Smith's back in the mix. Hopefully Dennis Smith is back in the mix. While for Houston, John Wall is questionable. And of course, if Wall is questionable, how that impacts guys like Oladipo and uh, and Porter and House and Brown and Tate and all those guys uh, remains up in the air. Christian Wood, the crucifix, he will be on a minutes limit. Utah and Toronto, uh, Mike Conley rested Thursday. He'll be back for this game. While for Toronto, the Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG, Blizzard, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. He'll be back most likely. He's probable, but likely on a minutes limit. We don't have any word about Siakam or Fred Van Vliet and their minutes limit. They were on a 30 minutes limit last game. I imagine that increases here in this one. The Chicago Bulls and the Denver Nuggets. No Garrett Temple, no Monty Morris, no Gary Harris. The Nuggets are seven-point favorites in the total. 228 and a half while Minnesota and the Suns rematching. The Suns are 11-point favorites here on Friday. The total's 231. Um, still, there won't be D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, he's returning to on-court work. I still think we're a couple of weeks away from Russell getting back into a game. Dallas and Portland, the Mavericks are three-point favorites, and the total is 234 points. It is a back-to-back for Portland. Um, wait and see whether CJ McCullum plays. We don't have any word on that at this point. That's probably the major one that we need to look at. Dorian Finney-Smith remains sidelined for Dallas after the birth of his son. In terms of fantasy value or DFS value for Fangio, we're looking at Derek White, Kent Bazemore, Andy Wiggins, Larry Nance with some massive value, Nick Claxton, Thomas Sadoransky, Marcus Smart, Jordan Poole, Nico Mannion, Karis LeVert, Timmy Hardaway, Darius Garland, the depressed penis Sadiq Bey, uh, maybe Keldon Johnson, um, maybe Ennis Cantor, uh, Isaiah Stewart, perhaps, McCall Bridges, Chris Paul, Draymond Green, and the headmaster, Jamal Murray. That'll do it for me, for this show, and for another week of recaps. I'll be back tomorrow, 4, 4, 5, 5 p.m. Eastern, doing a live show, the top 20 players in fantasy basketball on the Locker Room app. So go and follow me. Josh Lloyd 48. I'll tweet the link out as well, but follow me there and you'll hear me do the show live. And then at the end of that show, I'll get some of you blokes up on stage and you can have a chat with me up there on the Locker Room app. So download it, follow me, Josh Lloyd 48 on Locker Room and we'll uh, we'll have a chat tomorrow. Guys, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, thumbs up, comments, ring my ding-a-ling. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.